Please bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you for the hope that you bring to us. No matter where we are, no matter what is happening in our life, we have hope because we have you. Teach us to look not to ourselves, not to our own ability, but to your power seen in your grace and experienced in your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, to start off today with these stories, um, and they are kind of interesting stories. John 3.16, of course, is probably the most famous verse in the Bible. Uh, And if you've watched any sporting events, you've no doubt seen people holding uh, banners and posters of John 3.16. And maybe there was a time in your life where you're like, what on earth does that mean? Um, But uh, um, somewhere along the line, somebody told you, well, that's the gospel in a nutshell, right? It's uh, the whole, uh, the, the plan of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Um, great words. Um, but words that we tend to what? To, to pluck out of the scripture and they just kind of stand there and hang there uh, as if they had no context whatsoever. Those words come, interestingly enough, in the context of a conversation between Jesus and a Pharisee named Nicodemus who comes to Jesus with questions in the middle of the night because he doesn't want anyone to know what he's talking about, who he's following, what's happening, what God is doing underneath the surface. He wants to be able to maintain what? His image, his way of life that he has grown accustomed to. He knows that coming to Jesus at this moment is dangerous because it might mean the end of the life that he's known. And then Jesus talks to him about what? Being born from above. Born again. Born anew. So we have that story, and we have it paired with uh, this, and Jesus makes the connection to our Old Testament lesson that uh, Matt read for us this morning, right? The story of Moses and the Israelites in the wilderness. That story, too, starts with what? A return to what they knew. See, they had a back-to-Egypt committee. Uh, among the Israelites. And whenever things started to go wrong, they, like us, said the same thing. Oh, wouldn't it be nice if we could go back to the way it was before? Back to Egypt? Let's, go, let's just go back there. It wasn't so bad, but that would be better than what we have now. Let's go back. And, and uh, so that was the idea. And, uh, and God's solution to that um, is really kind of troubling and frightening because God, what God did with the Israelites at that point when they said, let's go back to Egypt because we, we uh, don't have any food out here, even though God was providing them with manna daily in the wilderness. 
Um, they, uh, the, the line is actually, we, for there's no food out here and we detest this miserable food. <laughs> I heard somebody say the same thing about our communion in the little uh, um, to-go boxes, right? There's no food and we detest this miserable food. Uh, God continues to feed us, but not always in the way that we want. And so when that's the case, and when we start to see that maybe this is headed in a direction that we're not comfortable with, uh, what happens? The Back to Egypt committee comes up and we say, let's, get, let's go back to the way it was. How quickly can we get back there? God's solution to that at that time was to send poisonous snakes into the camp. No lie. That's, that, that's the story. He sent poisonous snakes into the camp of the Israelites and they would bite them and, uh, and, and they were dying. And so they called out to, to Moses, speak to God on, on our behalf. Tell him we don't want to go back to Egypt anymore. Just get rid of these, just get rid of these snakes. Do you know what happened? God didn't get rid of the snakes. Instead, God told Moses, fashion a snake and put it on a pole and fix it in the center of the camp so that whenever anyone is bitten, they will look to this and they will live. It's, it's actually this symbol here. The pole with the snake, that's there because of this story. It shows up in our purple Lenten pyramids that we have. It's there as a reminder that if we're going to move forward into the new life that comes in Jesus, it will come at the cost of the old life that we've grown so accustomed to and that we are far more comfortable with. You may have noticed I skipped over the children's message um, today, and uh, I did that because I think, kids, you're going to enjoy what I have to talk to you about next. And uh, I can't share food with uh, even those that are gathered here or with those uh, who are watching online, but uh, let this be a call to anyone who has children that you're going to need to pick up some food to uh, share and remind your children of this message uh, either later today or later this week because um, I was thinking about uh, this idea of how we are so used to what we know, and yet we want new things, but we really don't. <laughs> we really don't want new. We just, uh, we get excited about new, and then what happens? We go back to the old. And when I think about that, you know what I think about? I think about... Oreos. If I talk about Oreos, if I say the word Oreo, you all know exactly what an Oreo is, right? An Oreo is a cream-filled cookie surrounded by two chocolatey wafers, thin wafers, right? That's, that's an Oreo. And of course, we know that, there aren't, uh, that not all Oreos are alike, right? That's, but that's what you think, isn't this what you think of when you think of an Oreo? Two chocolate wafers filling in the middle, right? Some of you like the double stuff, right? 
Some of you like the mega stuff, right? Some of you think, uh, oh, that's way too much. It would be better if we could just have thins, right? But all of those are what? They're, they're Oreos because they're chocolate wafers with, with uh, the cream filling in the center. But did you know just how many new kind of Oreos there are? Let me give you just a sampling. This is, this is as of this morning, available at, uh, your local, at our local Walmart right now. Golden double stuffed, okay? Dark chocolate uh, Oreos, those are filled with chocolate in the middle. Mint, um, mint cream filled Oreos. Uh, mint cream with fudge coverings. Uh, peanut butter filled Oreos. Uh, carrot cake Oreos. Um, chocolate peanut butter pie Oreos. Uh, chocolate hazelnut Oreos. Uh, chocolate marshmallow Oreos. Uh, chocolate coconut Oreos. Oh no, wait, that's, I did that wrong. Not chocolate, caramel coconut uh, Oreos. Uh, birthday cake, and just in case you forgot, there's also the strawberry frosted donut Oreo. <laughs> How many new Oreos do we need? <laughs> the only one, when, when you think about an Oreo, how many of you immediately have the picture of a strawberry frosted donut Oreo <laughs> in your mind? Yeah. It might be great, but we don't want it. <laughs> when I ask for an Oreo, what do I want? I want chocolate with wafers with cream filling, and maybe more or less, but it just should be that. That's what I want. I bring this up because this is the way we are in our faith, too. It's why Nicodemus came to Jesus in the middle of the night. It's why the Israelites, as they're on their way to the promised land, said, yeah, why don't we just go back? It's why as we sit here with face masks covering our faces distance six feet apart using only half of the seating that, at best that we have available for our congregation while the other half of our community that we long to see gathers in their living rooms watching on television screens, on smartphones, laptops, and tablets. It's why as we sit here today, we too say, couldn't we just go back to the way it was? Dear friends, God's answer you don't like. Its answer is no. The snakes are not going away. But I will give you a way to live a new life. I will give you a way to live a new life. One that will require you to do exactly what the Israelites did in the camp. To face the thing that puts you here. 
Just as Moses lifted up the snake on the pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man, God's Son, the future of of our God, the Beloved One, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. How? On the cross. Why? Because death is part of our story. And God is not taking it away. He's calling you to see that even with it, God gives us a way to live anew. And we say, well, can't you just go back to the way it was? Can't we just run it back? No. We look at the face of our sin, our death, our danger, of all that, of all that is present in our world. We don't, we don't try to, to say it doesn't have a place here. But we also don't try to say, it is the end of us. No. Because of Jesus Christ, it is not the end of us. But it will change us. And the question for you and I and everybody today is a question that our kids are better at answering yes to than our adults are. Are you ready for something new? Because that's what God is up to. When he said to Nicodemus, just as the Son of Man must be lifted up, so so too. God loved the world enough to give his only Son that he might be, that, that, that those who believe in him, who believe in him, what? Lifted up who see in the crucified one their hope for new life. Life that may look different. But life, life that might be a little frightening at times. But life that is lived not by our strength or our knowledge or our ability. We have to let go of what we have known and embrace what God is leading us to. I believe this past year may be one of those transition moments in the life of the church for decades, centuries to come. Because we were forced to do what? To look at what mattered. To let go of what was comfortable and to embrace what God leads us to. This is what it means to live and be born again. To be born anew. It's not to go back. It is to start in a new way. May God lead us forward today 
even with all of our thoughts of what was. It's not that all of that is gone, but what matters most is what God is leading us to. And God leads us through these deaths, through this struggle, through this pain, through the cross, to life that is new and life that is promised. May we live it in Jesus' name. Amen.